Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, Limerick woman and friend of the show, Jen Ronan, joins us this morning to talk about a very personal and frightening experience. Uh, at just 42, Jen had a heart attack in July and she is sharing the experience uh, with people to particularly warn women about the signs. Um, Jen, uh, you're welcome in unusual circumstances. Good morning to you. How are you? Good morning. I'm here to lift the mood of the nation. Talking <laughs> yeah, well, about yes, misery yes. and heart Well, to be fair to you, yeah. normally when you're on here, that's exactly what you do. But this is a much more uh, sober happening. Uh, what, what, what happened yeah. to you exactly? I don't even when you said it, I went, that's not me. Like, it was just completely... Uh, yeah, well, it was, the week, it was the hottest weekend of the year that I spent in, in A&E. So that was no crack. But... Um, yeah, it was the week, the 17th is when I actually was admitted to the hospital, so it was the Saturday. But leading up to that, I hadn't been feeling myself. Um, and this is what, while I kind of came out of it, kind of going, cheap. I better tell people, because I don't think people realise how different the symptoms are to what you would see or hear in, in, it's not like somebody clutches their arm and they fall down. It's none of that kind of stuff that you would associate with a heart attack. It was a dull pain uh, from about Tuesday or Wednesday. And I thought, because, you know, I thought it was anxiety, um, because I was like, I don't, I don't feel right. I, you know, I kind of feel like I'm, I feel a bit off. You know, it didn't, nothing to do with the heart really kind of crossed my mind. But I hadn't been feeling amazing and I was feeling forgetful, but so tired. That was the biggest thing. It was just so, I was like somebody with jet lag. You know, that kind of feeling where it's so heavy um, and you can't do, nothing you can do will kind of lift the energy. Um, so all week I wasn't feeling right. By Friday, it was quite a story. Right in the centre of my chest, radiating out. It wasn't a stabbing pain or a sharp kind of a pain that would or pains down the arm. Um, you know, I'd had the pains down the arm, but I thought that was to do with, with getting the second vaccine. <laughs> Apparently it wasn't. I kind of, you know, it was a heart, it was a bit of a coincidence. But by Friday night, I was like, I don't feel right. It didn't feel like anxiety. It wasn't tightness across the chest. It was like a dull muscle ache from behind the ribcage kind of a thing. And that's what gave me concern initially. Um, but being an Egypt that I am, I was like, I'm not, no, no, I'm not going to the hospital, not doing anything. Um, but by Saturday morning, I was having to breathe through the pain. Uh, so I rang the out-of-hours doc and they said, just get to the hospital straight away because I have a huge family history of it. Um, and that was kind of the start of, of a pretty scary, pretty scary month. I can't believe it's been a month since actually. Right. So Jen, tell us what happened when you got to the hospital. Well, I went in, I knew, I think I knew by Saturday morning that it wasn't right. Uh, it was not like anything I'd ever felt. And I think the key is as well to listen to your body and listen to your gut. Um, I knew that it wasn't like I'd had anxiety before. It had never felt like that. It wasn't heartburn. It wasn't indigestion. It was very different. And that scared me because I'm usually quite in tune with what goes on. Because when you're, you know, with your mental health stuff, you're, you tend to be in your in your body probably too much. You know, you pay too much attention. But this was screaming at me. Um, and because it was the centre coming out, I went, oh, this doesn't feel right. And I started thinking about my mum because my, my mum's family and some of my dad's very serious heart um, issues. Uh, my mum had her... She had a bypass, a triple bypass at 40, 48, I think. So not too far off from how old I am, really, like when you think about it. Um, and uh, three grandparents that had heart issues, uh, two of them have had bypasses as well. A couple of the aunts have had bypasses, so very young. So I went, you know, I can't ignore it. Um, so then I went in and the only thing actually that gave them the clue that I was having a heart attack was the EKG came up all right, the blood pressure came on. But it was a blood test, a particular blood test that they can only do in A&E or in an ambulance. Uh, that's what they said to me anyway in, in the coronary care unit that certain enzymes or something that that's when the, the heart was in distress and she said you're having a heart attack and I kind of looked at her and went oh okay and everything just kind of went 
Right. A bit cold. I just started crying. I was like, oh. but at the same time, I was relieved. I went, oh, it's something. Thank God it's something. And they spotted it, you know. But you're having a heart attack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a sentence you want to hear, especially at 42. You know, you're sitting there in a summer dress and you're kind of, you don't see, I, I don't see 42. I don't know what 42 is, you know. Yeah. And I was sitting there going, oh, God, you know. Um, but yeah, you just, I just went in basically when I told them it was chest pains and I family history and all that kind of thing. They looked at me and kind of went, okay, well, it's something anyway. They didn't know clearly, you know, I didn't look like I was presenting with attack because, you know, the boyfriend drove me in. It wasn't like I ran a hospital or an ambulance. It wasn't very dramatic. And that was the thing about it. It was all very low key and very, there was no drama. There was no urgency. And it, it's not like you think, you know, and that's what I want to kind of say to people. I would say, pay attention to what's going on. And look, wouldn't you rather be sent home feeling like an idiot? You know, if, if it's well, not yes. what you think it is, you know, yeah, then um, be admitted. <laughs> we're chatting to a well-known Limerick blogger, Jen Rowland, about her experience of a heart attack in the very recent past. So when they mm. said that to you, what are the yeah. next steps? Well, it was all very, ca- I just kind of went, okay, she said to me, look, your blood will come back and you are having a heart attack. And I went, oh God, okay. And uh, so the next thing then was straight away, they got me on tablets uh, while I was waiting because I ended up staying 36 hours in A&E, which is no crack during the hardest weekend of the year and also with all the trolleys I'm sure you've covered enough news stories now about the trolleys in Amy. Um and it's as bad as you know y'all think it is it's, it's chronic there's a lot of trolleys out there and I wouldn't be even though I'm having the heart attack they have me on a monitor and it goes up to coronary care so until I was given a bed the coronary care could actually see what was going on with my heart and was I alright and all that um, kind of thing and, and just to understand this you're saying yeah. you were in A&E after they told you you were having a heart yeah. attack yeah, for 36 hours. Saturday morning I went in. Uh, Sunday evening I got a bed up in coronary care. Now, the staff were amazing, but the bureaucracy is absolutely chronic. I was sitting outside a free room for most of my stay in the, in the A&E. I, sat, I took a picture. I should have said to Antia, um, I sat outside at two or three in the morning. I was looking in the room. I was sitting, my bed was, my trolley was aligned outside the window looking in of a, of a room that was free. And that's obviously not a staff issue because they could see it, but clearly it was a bureaucracy and trying to, you know. And I didn't want to be in there, but there was a lot of old, older people, very sick and very kind of not doing great, out on the tri- in the corridor, you know, and put one of them in there, you know. And I was just kind of sitting there going, shapers. But basically, they kept me in there, and I was attached to the monitor. And once the monitor was going up to CCU, I was. They sort of just left me, and they would check on me, well, every so often. But yeah, I didn't get a bed until uh, Sunday uh, evening. And uh, uh, what about? COVID, I mean, not for you personally, but was there an impact on that? Um, Well, they tested me on the trolley. They test people when they come in just to make sure they don't have it. Um, And then once it's negative, you know, you're just another person on the trolley, you know. Um, uh, In that period of time you were in A&E, I think you said you were connected up electronically to the cardiac (laughs) units while they were monitoring you. Um, And and, and as you said, people coming along to you, every once in a while saying, well, how are you doing at the moment, Jen, with, with your heart attack? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's pretty much what it was. They, they were doing the rounds and checking the blood pressure and checking all the bits and bobs and they were medicating me to do it. Straight away, they gave me the sort of the blood thinners, the, you know, the, all of their cholesterol tablets. They started me on the regime as soon as possible. But yeah, actually looking back now that you say it, it's a bit hard, isn't it? <laughs> they kind of should have put me somewhere, you know, I was having a heart attack. But I suppose because there's a difference between a heart attack and cardiac arrest. And this is where the difference is. A cardiac arrest is the one where you have seconds um, to save someone. That's when the heart literally stops and you drop. Um, and that's the real serious one. A, a, a heart attack, you could be walking out. I was walking out for a couple of days with one, but I didn't know. Um, you know, but I was very lucky. But ultimately what they found was one of my arteries was blocked. Uh, three were fine and one was quite seriously blocked and that was causing the heart attack. Um, so what happens is it's because the heart is a muscle, it's working really hard to push 
blood through a blocked pipe, basically. So obviously it's really working hard to get all the chambers full. And that's where the heart attack happens. It's the pain. It's the heart itself kind of going, what's going on? I can't get the blood through. Um, so I had an angioplasty, an angiogram. So it went up through the wrist, through the artery, a tiny little hair size uh, wire. And they inject you with the dye and they find the blockage basically uh, on a screen. It's all very, it takes about 20, 25 minutes. So on Monday this happened. Um, and when they found the blockage, they put in a stent straight away. So the stent basically is like a tiny little coil of metal, steel, and it goes into the artery and it pushes back the walls. Um, it's, it's amazing what they can do because I come out looking like nothing was wrong with me. I don't have any scars. I have a tiny little blip next to a freckle next to my tattoo, you know, so I don't walk around look ill. Right. But, uh, but, but so Jen, they put that in. were you awake during this procedure? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to be, apparently. I was like, please lock me out. <laughs> but apparently you have to be awake because they need a resting, like a heart rate of normal, your normal heart rate. Um, and um, did it hurt? So they, oh, God, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, like they did. Now, allegedly, they sedated me. I don't remember any of that. I remember everything. Uh, but they had local anaesthetic, obviously, for the incision down by the wrist. They had some sedation. Didn't work. I don't think it worked on me. I think at the constitution of Keith Richards, nothing works on me. Um, so I was awake. But, but at any point, thing. did you say to them, uh, oh, this yeah. is actually hurting quite a bit? I think I probably said it a good few times. Like, I was lying there crying, going, this is really, I'm I'm not sedated. Clearly, I'm not sedated. They were like, oh, give her a bit more. And I was like, seriously, you're just fooling me now. I felt like, you know, it just didn't work. But... Um, yeah, it felt like a very long time I was on the table. I was just sort of looking up, doing breathing exercises. And actually, I started, well, I thought I started having a heart attack again. But clearly, what they were doing was working on the blockage. They said to me, you're going to feel like you're having a heart attack again. He said, but we're, we're in there, we're doing bits. And I was like, well, this is wonderful. This isn't at all my worst nightmare. Um, yeah. I have to say, I'm so embarrassed to say this to you, but I was in getting something done on one of my teeth about six okay. months ago. And then I was back in recently getting another tooth done. And I was saying yeah. to her, you didn't give me enough the last time. Give me more. Yeah. Give me more. And she's going, no, this would knock a horse out, Joe. No, I just yeah. want more. I can't stand no. the pain. And there you are with this going on for a heart attack. And you're kind of going, eh, maybe a little more sedation might be an idea, guys. Yeah. I, well, I didn't swear now. My mother would have been mortified if I swore on an operating table. I had to keep the kosher, you know. And, and, but, yeah, and it when, it was, when it was done then, I mean, how long did it last? And, and did they then say to you, right, you're grand, off you go? Well, they, it took about 20, 25 minutes. I thought I was down there for a lot longer. Maybe the station didn't work, I don't know. But I came down, no, it actually didn't work at all. Um, I came down Monday. I was released on Tuesday once they did a like 24-hour observation and that the wound there's a very complicated like dressing that they put on because it's an artery it's a pressure dressing it's a, that hurt more actually than the stent to be honest with you it was very very sore because it's like somebody standing on your wrist to try and keep the artery closed so that you don't bleed everywhere and it was a very complicated looking yoke uh, that was very very sore and they gave me Panadol I was like sound lads cheers you know what can we do this um, so it was all very weird like by Saturday Sunday night I was in coronary care so Sunday Monday and then I was out on Tuesday um, but basically, I was given a laundry list of, you know, medications and lots of things to do and things I can't, you know, eat or drink. Or, you know, that I have to watch now, salt and all that kind of thing. So now I have to, you know, I'm standing at the foot of a very big mountain. I mean, yeah. the food mountain. Um, and I have to try and work my way through it. I mean, there you are at 42 having had a heart yeah. attack. How are you feeling this morning, for example? I'm feeling good. It's tiredness more than anything. Like, if they say six to eight weeks is kind of recovery time. But the worst thing for me is stress. And anxiety and trying to manage that because at the moment, thankfully, schools are closed. So I am not, I mean, it would happen to me during my holidays. God forbid I'd get, you know, sick during work. <laughs> I'm like, 
No, I said to someone having a heart attack and recovering, but now I'm back. Um, but and here's Joe inviting you on live radio on a Monday morning. Oh, keep, it, keep the stress under control there, Jen. I love this. I live with this kind of stuff. This keeps me going, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, stress and mental health stuff is, is, is the tough one now because, you know, my heart is, has been fixed for want of a better term for now anyway, as long as I do kind of what they tell me and I stick with the meds. Um, because the heart had a little bit of damage from the heart attack and that's kind of the recuperating. It will heal again, but it takes time. Because obviously it was damaged, like like any muscle, I suppose, it would overwork it. Um, it's just the getting on with life now. It's kind of yeah, it's the fallout, the mental health fallout, and the stress of going. Geez, that was that was a very close escape. If I ignored that, so you I know, presume things like fizzy drinks and certain foods are uh, there out. Yeah, I I gave up sugary coke. I like the full the full sugar coke, and I used to drink four or five cans a day, uh, and and now. I gave it up straight away, actually, and I'm quite surprised at my willpower because I have none. <laughs> but uh, I think the Thursday after I came in from hospital, two days after I was discharged, I had my last can of sugary coke. And so it's been three or four weeks and that was tough now. I think I just missed the fizz. So I started switching to like sparkling water and sugar-free, dilute stuff. Um, and that was tough. So now salt is next on the list to attack because I love salty carbs. You know, very. I put salt on food without even tasting it. It's such a habit. I know a lot of people are like that. And what about exercise? Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, but I'm supposed to be doing it. <laughs> like, so for the six to eight weeks, they want me doing walking about 10 minutes a day for five days and then up to 15, up to 20. So no actual running around doing, you know, uh, insanity workouts or stuff like that. But literally just walking and getting a little bit of breathlessness going. I've done that a couple of times. I probably should do it a lot more. You know, that's... Um, and and, and your, your long-term prognosis, I mean, you mentioned the family history and all mm. of that. You know, yeah. if, if you do the right things, yeah. could this be a successful if unfortunate early warning for yeah. you. Very, yeah, very lucky, very lucky. I mean, all of my other family members who have had heart stuff have been cut open and had open heart surgery. So I got away very likely, you know, considering. Um, and it could have been a lot worse. So I'm very lucky. Um, I think for me now, it's just managing my sort of stress levels and stop taking stuff on, saying yes to things. Now, not the show, obviously. I'll always say yes to you. But big things, you know, other projects and stuff. And I put myself under a lot of pressure. Even now, I was thinking, geez, I haven't done enough now, you know, since I've had the heart attack. I really haven't learned my lesson. I need to be more creative and productive. And then I had to sit down before I went on air. And I was like, you're only a month after a heart attack. Would you give yourself a break? So it's trying to give yourself a break. Like, that's the hardest thing is... The, and, the learning to do and, that. And I know one of the key messages you really want to get out there mm. is particularly to women about the early warning yeah. signs. I, I would say fight hard. You know, so what if you're being, if you're, you know, told that, sure, my doctor didn't pick up on any of it, you know? Um, and I would have been very vocal and present very well and would speak very well. So I could have talked myself out of being checked, you know? So I think if for women in particular, we don't move fast enough when the signs are there I think a lot of the time because we get caught up in doing whatever we're doing a million things and, and the symptoms are different for men and women and that's the thing the men would get the pain down the arm a lot more from my research and from looking at the Irish Heart Foundation website they'll actually show you the different symptoms fatigue is a huge thing um, but there's dull pain in the chest not the shooting pain down the arm the dull pain in the chest um yeah, lots of, you know, different things like that. Uh, indigestion and heartburn can often, if you look at all of these things together as a whole, it does, it points out to maybe get checked. And wouldn't you rather be checked and told that you're worrying about nothing, you know, than being told you need to get to a hospital? Yeah. Um, that's the thing. And I would say fight harder in, in doctors and places and okay. ignore, you know, listen to your body and uh, ignore your, your want to not do anything for a while until you're falling down. Okay, well look, despite the circumstances, very pleased to be talking to you this morning um, and, and I'm delighted you're well on the road to recovery. Um, but Thanks as so. I say, a really important 
um, story yeah. for people to hear, I think, at the same time. And I know you've been yeah. blogging about it yourself as well, Jen. So, yeah, well, so, I would say go on to the, for the women in particular, start Googling, not Google in general, but go on to the Irish Heart Foundation, the heart websites, all of those. Look at the symptoms because they will tell you a, a laundry list of different symptoms, men and women. Have a, a listen to your gut, listen to your instinct and don't back down until you get okay. somebody telling you that you've got the all clear. Right, well, when we're allowed to have guests back in here, I hope <laughs> we'll be able to have you in and thank you so thank much you. for the goodness you, of talking to us this morning. Do appreciate it. Take care of yourself. Thanks a million. Cheers. That's uh, Limerick blogger Jen Ronan, their extraordinary story. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.